Psalm 23 teaches us about God, our, yours and mine, if you've received Christ as Savior, good shepherd. He is our good shepherd. There is a personal connection if you've received Christ as Savior. The believer, the one who's received Christ as Savior, you and I can be satisfied in the care from God. In the care from the Good Shepherd. You and I can be satisfied in that. In the deepest, darkest trials of life, we can be satisfied in the knowledge, in the understanding that God is our Good Shepherd. And the three truths that we see from Psalm 23 is that if we're going to be satisfied in God being the Good Shepherd, how do we do that? Three ways, three truths here. The first one is that we have to recognize God's control of the situation, God's ultimate control over everything. Secondly, we have to recognize God's care of us. And thirdly, we have to recognize God's comfort that is made available to the believer. Now, remembering that this psalm is written for the believer, the promises contained in this psalm, are for the believer exclusively. Where do you mostly hear from the Psalm 23? At a funeral. And probably more times than not, there are unbelievers at that funeral. Or maybe even the person who died was an unbeliever. And whoever is officiating or preaching that that funeral has to be careful to make known that the promises made available in this psalm are for those who receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. The unbeliever cannot keep these promises. The believer cannot uh, keep these promises in Psalm 23 as their own. So how can the believer be satisfied with the care from God, the Good Shepherd? Well, first, we have to recognize God's control. Let's read through verses 1 through 6 of Psalm 23 together, and then we'll break down these verses into these three truths. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, again. We come to you now and ask that you would bless your word as it goes forth. Would you provide comfort? Would you remind us of your control and care? And may that comfort us in the midst of trial or before we enter into one, maybe even this week. Help us to remember this passage. Help us, Father, to remember you, the Good Shepherd. May you receive the glory and the honor. 
And Lord, if there's someone here today that's yet to receive Christ as Savior, again, please help them to see their need as a sinner to receive Christ as their Savior from their sin. Please bless in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 23. Recognizing God's control is the first truth that we see. If you and I are going to walk this life in a way that shows our satisfaction with God's care. Our satisfaction with understanding God is the good shepherd. I shared in Sunday school this meme that I watched. And it shows in the picture a sheep comes in from the left side of the, of the, of the screen. And it's running. And on the right side of the screen, you begin to recognize and see a trench or some sort of an irrigation ditch in this field. And you see the sheep, and he's running right for the ditch. And then in the left side of the screen pops out what we'll call the, the, the farmer or the shepherd. What do you think the shepherd's doing? He's running after the sheep to do what? To keep the sheep from jumping into the ditch. He's yelling, he's waving his arms, and he's chasing after that sheep. And what do you think the sheep does? Jumps right into the ditch. He doesn't even try to jump over it. This big ditch, long ways, but only about three feet wide. The sheep could have cleared the ditch. But because a sheep is, we'll say, mentally challenged, it does what? It jumps right into the ditch. And you see, you know, the, the farmer or the shepherd raise his hands and just shaking his head, climb down into the ditch. And what does the shepherd do? Like a shepherd, a good shepherd should always do. He helps the sheep out of the situation, out of the ditch, puts him on the other side, and then the, the sheep proceeds to do what? Run a few steps and jump right back into the ditch. And it's no reason why in Scripture we see over and over again that the believer is illustrated by the sheep. Dirty, stinky, and stupid. And at times, we want to be led. But many times, we don't want to be led. If we could recognize the fact, okay, let's just say we're sheep. If we could recognize the control that our shepherd has, if we could recognize that control that the shepherd has, how do you think it would change your attitude toward the shepherd? If you and I as sheep could recognize the fact that that shepherd is in control and that the shepherd's motivation is for our own good all of the time, it ought to change the way we think about the shepherd, ought it? Sure. Psalm 23 starts off, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. If you'll note, the word Lord is all caps. Now, when we study the Scriptures, we have to define terms. One of the most basic and important tools that you need as a believer is a Strong's Concordance. A book, a tool, that much like a hammer to a carpenter, the Strong's Concordance is to the believer a basic tool that helps us understand what the words mean from the original language and, tr and translate it into our, our language 
and define what that word means. Now, why is this word Lord in all caps? As opposed to a capital L, lowercase o-r-d, or all lowercase l-o-r-d. Well, there's a specific reason, right? This word chosen by God, inspiring David to write it, was for a reason. All caps is specifically bringing to our attention a character trait of God, very God. And that is that God, very God, the creator of the universe, the creator of you and me, is the self-existent one. He is the eternal God. And that provides us with hope. That provides us with a characteristic of our shepherd that gives us hope. That helps us put our trust and dependence in him. The Lord is my shepherd. The self-existent God is my shepherd. Keep your finger here in Psalm 23. Turn to John chapter 10. A very familiar passage. John chapter 10. Start in verse 14. I am the good shepherd. And this is Jesus Christ speaking. I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. It's important to note Jesus Christ was not murdered, was He? He was not taken by force against His will. He laid down His life. He was always in total control. That morning on the cross, as those nails were piercing His hands, as that spear would pierce His side, He was in total control. When even the disciples thought, this is it. He was in total control. And He gives His life for who? For His sheep. Regardless of how we respond, regardless of the rebellious state I was in when God gave His life for me, according to Romans 5.8, while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Even in my rebellion against Him, He gave His life for me so that I could, in turn, receive that free gift of salvation through Christ alone. His payment on that cross for my sin. And know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that I would spend eternity in a very real place called heaven if I would but receive Him. I was 19 years old when I received Christ as my Savior. And He changed my life. He gave His life for His sheep. What a good shepherd. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold, one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, 
because I lay down my life that I might take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There was a division, therefore, again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He hath a devil, and is mad. Why hear ye him? Stop listening to this madman. Others said, These are not the words of him that hath a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind, remembering the works, the miracles of Christ? Verse 22, And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter, and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but ye believe not, because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life by the laying down of his life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. A weak, frail, stupid sheep we are that can never be plucked out of the hand of God. He holds on to us. We don't hold on to him. Verse 30, I and my Father are one. He is the good shepherd. Turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter chapter 2, verse 25. Keep your finger there in Psalm 23. Don't lose that yet. 1 Peter 2.25, For you were as sheep going astray, much like that sheep in the video, running away from the shepherd, into literally jumping into a ditch from which he could not have escaped himself. For you were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of your souls. Go to chapter 5 in the same book, verse 4. Chapter 5, 1 Peter, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, you shall receive a crown of glory that fades not away. Another reference to our chief shepherd. So many in Scripture. Psalm 80, verse 1, Isaiah 40, verse 11, Genesis 48, verse 15, all referring to the self-existent, never created, always being God, eternal God, as our shepherd, the one who seeks to guide and direct, keep us from harm and provide for all of our needs, our good shepherd. He is always in control. That's the first truth we need to remember. As sheep 
remembering that our shepherd is always in control, that our shepherd never says, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. That our shepherd never says, oh, I shouldn't have done that, or I should have done this. Our shepherd is always in control. And in the situations that we think are totally out of control, and in our own understanding, we think are totally out of control, our shepherd remains in control. He always has been, is, and always will be in control. And we can be satisfied in that control. We don't have to look elsewhere for some type of another shepherd, for some type of of guidance outside of the guidance of His Word. God's perfect inspired Word is our light unto our path and lamp unto our feet. The passage moves us now from recognizing God's control over us to recognizing God's care for us. Now, we can understand someone having control over us, especially if we've been in any branch of service. Some people who have control like that control just a little bit too much and contend to abuse that control. We've probably all been in a situation like that. Someone in control over us tends to abuse that control. What happens to our thoughts of that, we'll use the term shepherd, if that shepherd abuses the control? changes the way we view it, doesn't it? But if we can understand that our God's control, our shepherd's control is motivated out of a pure and sincere care for us, why then? That changes our attitude, does it not? That changes the way we think about the one who's in control because we know he cares. And we know whatever command comes down, is motivated by His what? His care. His concern for us. Continue in verse 1. I shall not what? I shall not want. What a place to be. Content. Here you are in Yucca Valley. Here I am, two hours and 15 minutes northwest, I believe it is, in California City. Wilderness. I mean, it's the picture-perfect biblical definition of wilderness, where God takes His people to teach them things. Stubborn, rebellious, stupid people like you and me, He leaves us in the wilderness to teach us things. He guides us to the wilderness to teach us things. Perhaps it's just to be content. Perhaps it's to remind us that He's in control, and you and I can rest in His care. He's brought you here because He cares about you. He brought me to California City, the third largest incorporated city in all of California, even larger than beautiful Yucca Valley. But we only have about 10,000 people. 
And people come to Edwards Air Force Base. They get stationed there. They move to California City as a civilian, wherever it is that they're working. And they look around themselves and they say, oh, man. I was talking to somebody this morning when they got orders to, to, to Yucca Valley, to 29 Palms. They said, uh-uh, I'm not going there. Uh, sir, you don't have any choice. Oh, yeah, I do. I'm not going. And, of course, the man was in the service. And ultimately, the service says, yeah, you're going there. And he says, yes, sir. Turns out not to be that bad. When we understand, when our understanding is molded, is motivated by truth, then our understanding does not waver like waves in the ocean. We're not a barrel set in the ocean where we just rise and sink and ebb and flow. We maintain. We are steady. We are steadfast. Tonight we're going to look at Colossians chapter 2 and the importance of steadfastness being immovable in our faith in Christ. If we will but recognize God's care for us, it changes the way we think. And of course, then, by changing the way we think, it changes the way we act. So we're not going to be the one complaining about, it's 110 degrees. What in the world? You know, then, then, you, then you need to go to Arizona. 120 degrees. You can like hear your grass screaming if you have grass. Help! You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in drought. I need water. As a shepherd who controls everything and cares for his sheep and cares so much that he gave his only life, his only son gave his, his life for those sheep, revealing, unveiling the care that he has for you, giving his life on the cross. With that knowledge and understanding, it changes the way we think. We can be satisfied in the care of God. Wherever he brings us, whatever situation comes our way, we remember, we recognize God's control, we recognize God's care. Three ways to recognize God's care. Three, three things to look at in recognizing God's care. I shall not want. Meaning, there's nothing that I will need that won't be provided to me. Now, need is different than want. God will always give us what we need. Sometimes He gives us what we Want. As our will aligns with His will and we submit to His word and His way, then our wanter switches and changes and transforms to be like His will. Our will conforms to His will. The only type of conforming that the Christian ought to do is to conform to be more like Christ. We see His resources he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Now, on this hike yesterday, where we started driving, we started from California City. High desert, no water, and very few things that are green. Most everything is tan 
And green, uh, uh, green is just not something that you see unless somebody has the money to pay for the water to water something, and then you might see some green. And I was joking with the scouts on our way up, up the mountain uh, into Tehachapi. What are those brown sticks with those green things on them? And, you know, they laugh. Ha, ha, that's funny, chap. Those are trees. <laughs> Maybe some of you haven't seen any of those. Those are trees. They're green. Green means what? Brown means death. Brown means lack of life. What does green mean? Life. Green means growth. Green means fresh. How many of you like cilantro? Oh, I could put cilantro probably on anything. I don't like uh, the little, oh, what do you call them? The little cabbages. Brussels sprouts. Oh, don't like Brussels sprouts. But if, but if I had cilantro and I threw them in with Brussels sprouts, that might make me like Brussels sprouts. Cilantro, when I look at cilantro and that bright green color, I immediately think fresh. I think uh, uh, savory. I think life. I think it brings to food a, a, a freshness and a life and a flavor that is unmatched. First time I had cilantro was at Subway in California. Changed my life. We see part of the resources. He will provide green pastures. That's what you and I as sheep need. We need a place to go that's going to provide the food we need. That spiritual food. Now you look around this place, Yucca Valley, you see some green. Driving in on Barstow Road, um, and it always cracks me up. I have to make that left turn on Old Woman. That, that always cracks me up. I don't know who came up with that name. It's probably a really neat story. Make that left on Old Woman Road. And again, coming in, there's not much green. You just don't see much green. If I were a sheep and I'm walking through the wilderness and I see a green patch, what am I going to do? I'm probably, as a sheep, I don't know if they do this, but I probably skip in the air and click my hooves together and I'm heading to the green pasture because I know that means fresh food. That means nourishment. That means refreshment. And if it's green, there's probably water. God cares for us. He provides for what we need. He restores my soul to return to the starting point. Restore. When you are weak, when you are troubled, when you are ready to throw in the towel, He restores you. He brings you back to the starting point. In my case, he would bring me back to September of 1992. When I was stationed in Germany and we were on a retreat to France. Saturday morning, we, we woke up and there I am with a bunch of Christians. An unbeliever. And we read Psalm 145. And it says, I read this portion of Scripture as an unbeliever before I received Christ as Savior. I read this part. That if we call upon God and call upon Him in truth, He will hear our cry and He will save us. I received Christ as my Savior that day. Repenting of my sin, 
understanding the exchange that occurs. He went to the cross, took my sin. I didn't have to. And He gives me, in exchange, His righteousness. Nothing that I did or ever could do, that I didn't do, was all on Christ. When I'm troubled now as a believer, when I am going through a difficult time and I'm ready to throw in the towel, maybe you're in that spot right now this morning where you say, man, this has been the worst week of my life. And I am ready to give in the towel. You have lost sight of the good shepherd. And the good shepherd, if you will but recognize his control and his care of you, what will he do? He'll restore your soul. He'll bring you back to that day when you receive Christ as your Savior. And you will remember the joy and the peace that you experienced when you received Christ, when you deposited your trust and faith in Him. He will bring you back to those times where He provided for you and your family in a miraculous way. And you'll remember those times. He will restore your soul. He will lead you in the paths of righteousness for His namesake. His resources, His restoration, and His righteousness are all ways that God shows His care for us. And when we as sheep recognize the shepherd's care in His resources, in His restoration, and in His righteousness, provided to us through Jesus Christ, then we will be satisfied in His care. What a blessing to know that we don't have to live by the the law. That when Christ came and He satisfied the law and He went to the cross and He died on the cross and He rose three days later having victory over sin, death, the grave, and the law, that you and I, if we've received Christ as Savior, our salvation is not based on living according to the law. Thank God for that. What an awful way to live. And I remember living like that. I remember thinking, well, my good might outweigh my bad. If I just, if I just keep doing good, I might make it. But in this psalm, you see nothing but confidence in the psalmist. Hold your finger here. Go back to Psalm 22. One psalm back. Look at verse 1 with me. Psalm 22, verse 1. Same psalmist, inspired by the Spirit of God. My God, my God, why hast thou what? Wow. King David got to the point in his life where he thought God had for not just forgotten him, but purposely forsook him. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far? A sheep who recognizes the control and care of the shepherd will fear when the shepherd is far away, will recognize when the shepherd is far away. We could go on and on from Psalm 22, but before we could have Psalm 23, there had to be a Psalm 22. David went through those times where he wonders, God, why are you not answering my prayers? 
Why are you not doing what I understand you ought to do? Why does it feel like you're so far away from me? And then he gets us to Psalm 23. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God cares for you. And not only does he have control and care, but he also provides comfort. We need to recognize God's comfort if we're going to be satisfied in him as our shepherd. Verses 4 through 6. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Verse 4 is a reference that even in life's end, we need, we need and can recognize God's comfort. When we're breathing our last breath, I'm not fear, uh, fearful of where I will go when I die, but I am fearful of the process of death. I don't know how God's going to end it for me. You don't know either. Lord willing, you go to sleep and you wake up in heaven one day. You die in your sleep. We need to recognize God's comfort in life's end. Verse 5, in life's battles. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. I don't know about you. I love to eat. But if I had an enemy, an army in front of me that wants to take my life, the last thing I'm thinking about is eating. But the picture here is that the sheep is so comfortable in the care and control and comfort of their shepherd that even in the face of the enemy, they could sit down and eat. There would be that sense of peace of being able to just enjoy a meal. He sits down, prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. This idea of even peaceful negotiation between you and your enemy to, that would end in peace. In the sharing of a meal, in the presence of my enemy, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runs over. Not only in life's end can we recognize and should recognize God's comfort, and in life's battles, but in life's day to day. Every single day, tomorrow morning when we wake up, to recognize God's comfort. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Time has gotten away from me. But to recap, you and I, if we've received Christ as Savior, is there is absolutely no reason, no excuse to be dissatisfied. You and me, as believers in Jesus Christ, must exemplify, we must reflect a comfort, a satisfaction in God. And how do we do that? Psalm 23 shows us, recognize His control, recognize His care, and ultimately recognize the comfort that we receive in that. Let's pray. Father in heaven.